Hello and welcome to the Hidden Things and Hidden Things, episode 24. We're with Sheriff Fletcher now, and we're heading into town. Mom and Calliope have kind of, eh, sort of halfway reconciled a little bit. This is kind of a, a section that there's a bit of resolution in the first half of it, and then it kind of just, it transitions to the next thing. So there's a lot of driving. I had a funny comment from my New York editor when she was reading this. It seems like there's a lot of driving in this part. And they're all in like sort of one place. It just feels like there's a lot of driving. I'm like, that's because they're in one place and it's out in the middle of nowhere and there's a lot of driving wherever you go. How far do they live out of town? I don't know, 30 or 30 minutes or so. 30 minutes is probably more like 35 miles because not too many people doing the speed limit out there. Anyway, I did have a sheriff in my hometown when I grew up that I'm pretty sure his first name was Jim. And I'm pretty sure his second name started with an F. It wasn't Fletcher. So I didn't name this after him. And he was a friend of my dad. It's not a direct map by any stretch of the imagination because he never let me off on any of my freaking speeding tickets. But uh, there's a little bit, there's a few echoes in here. Who's right? Was mom, was mom really that much of a downer on the whole music thing? Did she leave Calliope with the feeling that she could never talk about this and didn't talk about it for 10 years and kept it a secret from her whole family for that long? Or is her mom right and Calliope is just, you know, taking things out of context and her mom actually really thought she was good at it? They are, I would say, probably both right. Because Phyllis is absolutely right about the context with which things are delivered. And generally speaking, I mean, she's going to have a better perspective on it than a 15-year-old, no matter what you do. Um, Calliope's right because she could, she's the only one that can be right about how it made her feel. It wasn't one instance. Calliope may be able to rattle off this singular instance of when her mom was kind of negative about this thing, but this is a recurring thing for her. It was enough to make her push at it. You see some more of that with her dad and her. They, you know, go after each other a little bit, and it's familiar enough that her mom is ready, like immediately ready to like sort of turn the hose on him to keep him from going at it again. So there's definitely... Uh, some of that there. But this is family stuff. You know, you really can't sort out who's right and who's wrong. You can be right or you can be happy. And Calliope's got to kind of pick at this point in time. And I, or her mom does, or they both do. You don't have to let it go. I know people who are still mad at their second grade teacher at the age of 40. Like mad, mad, like still angry. Like can't talk about it angry. So you don't have to let it go. But I think you do if you're ever going to get better. So... We'll see if Calliope gets better, I guess. I mean, a lot of the reason that Calliope didn't realize what was really going on at the time is because she's 15 and you're just, I not, please understand, I'm not making fun of 15-year-olds. I'm not. I am talking about me. My experience as a 15-year-old is that I had blinders on inside of a tunnel with a kind of shitty flashlight. I was looking at the thing that was in front of me that was important to me and I didn't really put anything else in context in terms of how it might be affecting other people. It's an interesting game you can play with yourself because we are all stars in our own little dramas and our own little stories. We're all the heroes of our own books, right? Is My dad likes to do this. He, he likes to people watch. My mom talks about this. He likes going to malls when my mom's shopping because he sits at the railing up on the second floor and watches people go by. I had done the same thing. She commented on it one time. We were sitting in a restaurant, and I, I don't remember what I was doing, but she, uh, 
she says, yeah, you just did that face that your dad does. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, you were just watching somebody and you got to thinking about whatever their deal was and you get that exact same look on his face. Because it's an interesting thing to stop for a second and realize that you're only the center of one story out of seven billion and look at somebody else that's in the same space as you, that doesn't know you, that is living their book and imagine what that book is like. At the age of 15, I couldn't have done that. Or I couldn't have done it as anything other than a kind of pointless English department mental exercise. So the fact that Calliope just doesn't get there was a drought, blah, blah, blah. Of course she remembers her grandpa died, but she only remembers that that sucked for her. And if she's very, very good, she'll kind of sort of objectively go, okay, obviously it sucked for my parents, especially my dad, but not right at the core of her being, at least not at that age, would she ever really understand that it's not just about her. So that tilts everything. It makes it kind of weird. So part of that is just Calliope. Part of it is cultural because her mom and dad, if you'll pardon the expression, are the sort of folks who won't say shit even if their mouth is full of it. So they're not going to put that on their kids. And at that time frame that I'm thinking of, this would be, Calliope's younger than me, so let's say mid-90s. Even then, in the Midwest, not only would it not be something that you'd lay on your kids, but it would have been if, if either one of the kids had been sons. They weren't. They were daughters. And that's not going to get into any of that. Maybe Sandy knew about it a little bit more than Calliope did because she was the oldest. So she sort of gets a little bit of that. I was going to notice some more of it, but not so much. I can imagine a lot of clashes in the Jenkins household when Calliope was about 14 or 15 or 16 wanting to be a grown-up and wanting to be treated like a grown-up when the fact of the matter is that for her dad, as great as her dad may or may not be, even treating her like a grown-up isn't going to be treating her like an equal. Exactly. Probably the only person who can culturally wear a skirt that would earn that right from her dad is her mom because she's gone through the same shit that he has. And that probably took time. I have been in the Midwest and I love the Midwest and I love the people in the Midwest. It's a conservative area and they come to cultural and social changes later than everybody else simply because everything comes there later. That doesn't mean that they don't come. And I want to make sure that that's, that I say that because as much as I want to make sure that people understand I'm not making fun of 15 year olds when I say that Calliope just doesn't pay attention to anybody else. I want to make it clear that I don't think that her folks are idiots from bumfuck Egypt either. They are just time lagged about a decade behind anybody else. And frankly, they got other things in their mind than worrying about whether or not they're politically correct. Calliope's younger, so she wants that kind of treatment. She's not going to have it. There's so many freaking issues here that you got to unpack to figure this stuff out. And they're never going to do that. They're going to try to work out the big thing, which is the fact that Calliope ran away and never came back. And even when they said, we're sorry, or they wanted to, they couldn't. So it never really got resolved. Could be I'm channeling a little bit. Um, not with my family. I want to make that clear. I say this in the back of the book. My immediate family made it really, really hard for me to write this section because I got along great with my folks and they were incredibly supportive of all the crazy stuff that I did when I was, I was in high school and, and later. And my sister was awesome and is still awesome and is one of my best friends. That isn't to say that I don't understand 
family being complete shits to you and making you never want to talk to them again. Just not my immediate family. So I just had to imagine somebody else as my mom and then I could write this part. And that was really easy. I'm not going to say who that was, but it, it did make this a lot easier. Too much information? That's what this behind-the-scenes stuff is for, people. Okay, so next we're going to get into town. We've got some scenes in a small-town police department, as I recall it. The bit in the police department, one of the best parts about it was the fact that I, I actually got to bring Calliope's dad in. And in the first couple of drafts of this book, I didn't get to write Calliope's dad. He was a big question mark for a lot of people. And I was really glad to be able to do that. So I'm looking forward to that stuff too. There's so much in the back of my head. I should kind of explain next time. Calliope, what Calliope knows is that Jim Fletcher's a friend of the family. I can explain that. There's a whole bunch of stuff that a Calliope doesn't know about that personal history between her dad, her mom, Jim, all those guys. That is an undercurrent that's informing everything that they say to each other in that office that is going still as perceptive as she has completely passed her head. So there you go. You can have that look forward to next episode or the one or after something like that coming soon. <laughs>